Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the Let's Do the Right Thing podcast, curated and presented by Adam Hopkinson. For today's LDTRT podcast, we have Sally Henderson, the founder of Sally Henderson, a global mentoring practice that helps senior leaders understand change and be successfully mentored through the process. A valuable service, especially when you consider that only constant these days seems to be change. What you do when you've let out all your emotions is then you destroy the letter. You're not hiding it, you're not burying it, you're uh, releasing it. You're taking control of that situation and you're actually saying, you know what, you can go now, you're done. And then what you do is you get naked. You've been in this space for a long time now and as such have been delivering on the right thing for all those that you work with. Thank you very much for taking the time to out to come and talk to me. My absolute pleasure to be here. Looking forward to it. Oh, me too. <laughs> so what's going on? I see a huge ramp up in people setting off on their own. Are, are you seeing the same thing? And are you, are you looking at this space for your own services or are you more focused on existing businesses and their leaders? Yeah, I think I've definitely seen a rise in people doing their own thing and, and wanting to experiment more with how the world of work can work for them. And it's an area I absolutely love supporting people and companies through because I think once you've done it, and I've done it about four times now, you get knowledge and you get experience. And so to be able to pay that forward and to share it and to save people unnecessary roadblocks is is such a joy. I think the challenge that can come with people in the real startup phase is getting them to understand the value of the investment and to make that a priority. But in my experience, and it's something I've done in, in, in my current business now, I invested really early on, quite significantly, in a mentor to guide me in growing my business. And boy, that helped me get there faster and better. And the return on that spend was was just beyond valuable, but more importantly to my emotional well-being. So I would say to anybody wanting to set up, be it a paid relationship or a non, getting support and advice, the right support and advice really helps. Going to the other end of the spectrum when it's an established business, which I also work, I tend to work more in in the kind of four-year-old up businesses. The established business can have the challenge and the limitations of um, really staid thinking and that belief that, well, it's been done this way, so why would we want to change? And leaders who are perhaps the owners have not had someone challenge them effectively for a long time. So they think, well, hang on, why do I need to change? But if you're able to really understand the ambition of a business, get clear on what's holding it back, holding it back and the people in it and give practical guidance and to accelerate growth. Who wouldn't want that? Well, and everybody needs a sounding board as well. Echo chambers are dangerous things to be in. Oh, completely. People realising that? The enlightened ones are. 
or equally the ones who've got to such a crisis point that something has to change or they will break. <laughs> the idea is to get there before you get to that level of stress because it's too... It's, it's Running a business and doing the right thing takes a lot of energy. It's often not a straightforward path. You get a lot of knockbacks, a lot of challenges, and it's really unpredictable, especially in today's climate. So if you're doing that solo, then that's harder. Um, whereas if you're getting the right guidance and support, it's just, it's two, th well, it's three things, three E's. It's much more um, enjoyable and that's priceless. It becomes much more effective. So you get there quicker and it becomes easier. So the energy cost to you is less and you can put your energy and emotion and focus into things that you love, not dealing with unnecessary blocks. And I think what I'm seeing, there's been a nice um, shift change, is it going back maybe 10 years plus, it was seen, I think, as a weakness to have a coach or a mentor. It meant something was wrong with you, a bit like redundancy. It's like, oh, stigma. You know, yeah. <laughs> what's happening to that person? Whereas now what I'm really happy to report is it's seen almost like a badge of honour. If you have a mentor or a coach working with you, even a therapist, even if you want to go deeper, that's a way of fast tracking your growth. That's a way of actively investing in you as an individual, in your business. And it's a real cliche to go to sport, but they wouldn't be there without great coaches. And it's not just one great coach. It's a whole team of experts wholly focused on a given outcome. And imagine how much more will be achieved in life and in business if you've got that support for yourself. You mentioned therapy there. Is, is there a difference between mentoring and being a therapist to someone? Totally. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm not a psychotherapist. Um, I have the ability in my mentoring, and I, I classify it as mentoring, not coaching, because I'm directive in my style. And a classic coach, I think, is, is much more about being facilitative and not to give an opinion. So I'm hoping to carve a new space out where it's much more directive than classic coaching, yet still incredibly supportive um, and not quite so formulaic or... Um, what's the right word um, presumptive as often classic mentoring can be where it's like here take a pearl of knowledge and use it but I don't really care if you know how to use it just pay me for my experience and skill set that I think is hard to apply that in a market that's moving so quickly in a world that's changing so rapidly but therapy I will say to my clients I'm not a therapist and I'm not a counsellor but I'll go where I can go in service of your growth and your needs and that means often going very very deep into emotion because we're all people and we forget that at work, Adam. We forget that feelings are often the biggest drivers of our success or our failures because our emotions led us to perceive the world in a way that made it difficult, even if that wasn't actually true. And a big reason as to why that can happen is the beliefs that you lay down throughout your life create your unique view on the world. And that can be, I say, very helpful and also very problematic. So in my work, I've got an ability to very quickly and accurately, largely through using intuition and a skilled kind of questioning technique, to go into where the nub of that sits. So it's very real and it's very profound when it needs to be. But equally, it's very contained in the focus of growth around leadership, business and life change. And if I think it needs to go deeper into really the psychology of emotional uh, trauma or real um, difficulties, that's not my bag. And I'm very respectful that everything has a, a specialist that's best to cope with that. So I have often said to clients, actually, let's pause our work. You need to go and work with a specialist to deal with that, to solve it, and then we can move forward. But I also want to emphasize that mentoring and development is not just about dealing with problems. 
a lot of my clients, they don't have any of that going on. They are ambitious, forward-looking business owners and senior leaders who recognize the value of impartial advice, wisdom and knowledge that will guide them quicker to an outcome that they want to realize and their ambition then can then be seen in the world. So you help people focus as well? Yeah, totally. Yeah, focus. I have three C's. I help people firstly get really clear around the change they want to bring about for themselves, for the team and for their business. Because a lot of senior people, and my, my sweet spot is those high performing senior people where too often people are making assumptions about them. Oh, your X job title. You work in X business. You have X income. Uh, look at what car you drive. Like silly things mm-hmm. that make us judge people. You therefore have no needs. Uh, you know, what is it you could possibly need? And if you do, isn't that a first world problem? And it's like, no, everyone has their stuff. So I help people to get clear around what is the change they want to bring about for their leadership? Because often, again, people really don't understand leadership in their own unique definition of such. How does that translate into the true ambition for your business when it's the owner, but also when they're the CEO and leader? Um, and but very importantly, how does what's the clarity about how you want to live a richer life? Because, again, there's so many technically successful people out there who, when you peel back a few outer layers of superficial success, are fundamentally miserable or searching for like a nirvana that's never going to come. And that's such a waste to me of talent, of opportunity, of life. So getting that clarity is the first base for me. And then we're looking at the confidence. It's the second C in my framework of the three C's for successful change. If you're not confident emotionally, and I'm talking real inner confidence not bravado i know we might talk about imposter syndrome and things like that in our chat if you're not emotionally firing on and really healthy cylinders it's going to be a difficult path and here's the irony even if you're clear on your success and you achieve it if your emotions aren't healthy you won't feel it and therefore it remains empty and therefore you're always looking for what's next what's next what's next and that's a kind of exhausting place to hang out for you and everyone else who knows you and then the last thing to hook it all together is commitment. How do we actually make this real so it's tangible? I always joke I'm a Yorkshire woman and it, my work has got to come real in the world, not be some fluff or fantasy <laughs> or just a nice chat for an hour but nothing actually practically happens. So that's the last thing I look to make sure is in the whole gig is what practical tools and techniques can I equip you with that will give you that ability to commit to change so it becomes real and tangible and of benefit for you, your business and your life. And who provides you with that framework? It's a very good question. Thank you. And I have been on a bit of a quest to uh, answer that for myself. And I have literally just signed signed on the dotted line today to work with a mentoring business. But they're much more geared towards business mentoring. Because my my um, my world, kind of people share back and they go, some people go, oh, a coach. And obviously I'm not a coach, but I'm very happy to wear that title when suits. But a coach, um, working with a coach, isn't that a bit weird? And I'm like, well, actually, isn't it weird if I don't? Yeah, I, I would say that it would be weird. It would be, um, I'm not sure what the word is. It would be hypocritical. Hypocritical, exactly. Yeah, it would be really yeah. hypocritical. And it, don't get me wrong, it frustrates the bugger out of me that I can't do for my clients, for myself. <laughs> because if only I could give the, what I give to my clients to me, that would be amazing. But just like my clients, I have my own emotions, my own demons, my own insecurities. We are all human. We wouldn't be without them. So so yes, I've just gone but I was got I really stepped stepped back and I thought, what kind of help do I think is going to really support me now in my business? And it's that real nuts and bolts business advice around getting the the hygiene factors better, getting it to be much more of a slick organisation on on this kind of operations and its strategy and its focus. Um, and that's not my bag. You know, I'm not a business consultant, I'm a change mentor. 
So I've got that person coming in and then I would say, or that team coming in, and I'd also say that the other person I recruit, whether they want me to or not, is my husband. <laughs> He's a great source of um, reassurance, of patience and of inspiration. And I think having a good partner, be it a married partner or, or not, or friends, but that that's not enough. You can't just have those people in your life. And I think you can't equally, it's unfair to put on them all the time. And to just constantly be on about your work or your needs or yourself, it's it's very, very indulgent, isn't it? It, it really is, yes. But but you do need it. And you do. You have to go somewhere that's neutral and unjudgmental and helpful and directive. Yeah, and, and also will hold you accountable. I think that's another thing about a mentor that I find really, really supportive is that ability to go, right, do you know what? We have agreed to this. We're going to meet again on this date. And therefore, you have a deadline. Yeah. And when you're a founder-owner... And it's I like, like a deadline. Yeah, but it's easy to then move the deadline if you're the ultimate decision maker. And nobody else <laughs> truly will, will be affected if your deadline moves apart from yourself. <laughs> I'm squirming in my chair right now because it, you've hit on the truth already. <laughs> <laughs> so I think investing in nothing else, in healthy accountability, can be incredibly transformational for driving change uh, in the real world. What, what, what attracted you to doing this in the first place? Do you know what? It's been a lifelong passion. It really has. I think it's just part of who I am. So I talk about sometimes when I was 14 and I worked with a lady in a restaurant in my local village in Yorkshire and I was able, I don't know how or why, but I was able to advise her on how to deal with turning 60 because she found that incredibly worrying and fearful, the whole age thing. I was also a childminder for a ward of court and I would be giving advice to the foster parents on how to handle some of the emotional difficulties that the child was going through. And I don't know where it came from, but I just had this ability to tap into an understanding and to advise. And so I've just always utterly loved it and had a, a natural skill for it. And I found myself through no design uh, working in recruitment, which I actually realised was me hiding in plain sight. So I stayed in it for a very long time, far too long, because I actually used recruitment to get paid for doing mentoring and coaching, because that was a bit I loved. And the hardest bit was actually walking away from that identity, that success, that achievement, um, the money, you know, all the trappings that come with a successful career and going, do you know what? It's the mentoring and coaching that I love. And that's what I need to be true to. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. 
Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm really worried about the first hire in my business at the minute. Do, do, you, do you have to do something more than normal? Is there more rigor that you put into that process of finding the right person? Because everything changes then, right? Well, can yes and no, but hopefully it all changes for the better. So my first kind of shout out to you, if I pop a mentoring hat on for a second, is if you go into this experience really worried and stressful, guess how this experience will feel? <laughs> Not much fun. Yeah. <laughs> no, and, and just think about your, this poor number one hire who's got all this expectation of like, you're my first. <laughs> And you might wreck my world. Come, come work with me. <laughs> yeah, that's easy. Yeah, I'm going to rewrite that job spec, I think. <laughs> so I think the first piece I would ask you there is, what's your, what's your driving need? Is it something you think you need to get because it's ticking a certain box around growth? Is it something you want to do because there's a genuine benefit and confidence around committing to it? And my three C's. Mm-hmm. Are you clear on the need? Are you clear on how it's going to benefit you? Are you emotionally confident to commit to this person and do you have a good process to make it come real so that you're being as rigorous as one ever can be in understanding the beautiful complexity that is human beings at work and interestingly I've just gone through this as I also have an amazing lady called Sophie who just uh, started working with me in a, in a marketing and PR associate role so again I'm wanting to bring in real specialist skills into my business to help it grow and help my clients as well to get to know me quicker and better and, and I can do what I want to do in the world to a, a greater impact But interestingly, and given that I am an ex-headhunter, given that I am a change mentor, how ironic, I got it really wrong. I got it really wrong. And it wasn't the fault of anyone concerned. It was entirely at my door because I rushed a decision around getting into the EA world, first first of all. And I didn't stop to really do those three C's for myself. And I just thought, well, I met somebody and again, terrific person, no fault on their door whatsoever. But I wasn't clear about my expectations. I expected them to do osmosis and just know my brain. Uh, Uh Completely. I'd lost the discipline of actually stepping back and looking at something with a very, very professional, rigorous eye. Um, And I'll be really honest, I was a bit needy. I was a bit overwhelmed at work and I had so much I wanted to do. Had a lot going on in family life, all positive, but a lot taking up my energy and my focus. And I just didn't do it rigorously enough. So what I did, I learned from that. And I said to the person who I first went with, who, again, was great, nothing to do with them. I said, actually, I've I've now realised what I need and what I don't need. And it's very different to how I started up uh, working on this piece. So I need to to start again. And what I did is I put my literally put a head back on of my old recruiter self. And I was like, right, write a brief, get really clear on how I'm going to go to market and the language I'm going to use to attract and also put off the right and wrong talent cope with the incredible volume of responses I got, which takes discipline and patience and persistence. But then I put together a very rigorous um, but quick interview 
checking process where I actually put a live task to the people who I wanted to take forward to test them in the actual reality of the job. And that in itself was, was incredible. People who I thought would have got this live test right totally misread it. And that, so I was like, right, if you didn't do the test right, I can't take you forward to the next stage. Got to have that benchmark in place. And actually only two people did do it right out of about 20 which was that in itself, I was like, whoa. But if I wow. hadn't have had that real, very right or wrong example to use as a benchmark, I could have had like 20 interviews on the phone, loads of investment of energy and time and, and actually got quite confused and then got somebody who didn't have that base skill I was looking for. So your first hire, make the decision to embrace it with positive curiosity, not fear, because <laughs> that in itself will change your whole process. Also, Make the commitment not to need to get this person in quickly. Make the commitment to getting the right person in. Take the discipline and time to design a process to go through that you're going to adhere to so everyone's got a level playing field. Commit to writing structured questions to guide your thinking in the moment. And then commit to a really accurate scorecard upon which to then assess talent. And then rewrite the job spec on what you've learned from everything you've gone through. And here's my killer tip. Okay. Here we go. Are you ready for a killer uh, tip? I hope that's going to have some kind of sound effect on it. <laughs> my killer tip. Once you've identified the clear buckets, of which there should be no more than five, otherwise it's confusing, percentage weight those five buckets according to how you see that role really needing attention and time and focus and skill. So... Let's just play with an MD job, for example, because this is often the job that's the hardest to design. Uh, and this might be sounding a bit recruitment now, but do you know what? In mentoring around change and growth at work, these fundamentals are often what's utterly missing in business success for senior leaders because these things are just not in place. So if you're saying that an MD has to do perhaps something around strat strategy of the company, something around commercials, something around operations, and something around people and culture, and maybe clients, let's go for the fifth. If I percentage weight that MD role with 60% around strategy and only 10% around clients, for example, you can see it's a real strategic visionary MD gig. Yep. If I reverse that weighting and 60% is around clients and only 10% is around strategy, it's a, it's a client services led brief. Mm -hmm. It's very different. So that by purely stepping back and percentage weighting a job, you instantly get clarity on the profile, the skill set, but also the motivation. And it's and then if you go to somebody and say, right, I've got this job spec. This is how I percentage weight it. Am I right? Do you agree? Is that going to motivate you? Oh, actually, that's not. You know, you get a lot more knowledge quicker. And then equally, if you hire somebody in, and you have committed to a percentage weighted job spec, and they turn around and say, but the job I'm doing isn't the job you percentage weighted it. So do we change percentage weightings, or actually, did you not think of something hmm. beforehand? But percentage weighting gives accuracy. It gives clarity and therefore that will give confidence. I'm, I'm hearing clarity coming through loud and clear mm. uh, from what you're saying. But um, as you are mentoring people and, and the clients that you have, do things become clearer for you as well? Oh, you always learn from your clients. I mean, I, I just feel I've had the luckiest job in the world. Um, so I'm constantly getting inspired and there's lessons there that I can take. I think the real important thing is it's never about me. It's always about the client. I think the minute you start to overlap your needs with your clients, you're on a, on a slippery slope. Um, but yeah, I, I learn all the time. Um, there's 
common themes that we all struggle with, I think, in, in leadership, entrepreneurship and, and life. And so it's good to never get complacent. There's lots of C's. <laughs> oh, you'll see I'm a queen of uh, queen of doing all that. <laughs> I'm take a little bit of a, uh, a, a bit different turn here. When we met a month or so ago, um, we had a brilliant conversation and I loved it. I came away bouncing. And you told me about something in particular, like you called it a letter technique to, mm. to resolve an issue. Mm. And I did it and it worked out. I, th- I did it to the, the instructions that I think I can remember. Uh-huh. And it worked out pretty nicely for me. So th- thank you for that. My utter pleasure. Would you care to share what that is? Yeah, yeah. So it's a letter strategy and it's something I actually used to use in my recruitment career. But remember, I was always hiding in plain sight. I was always coaching. I was always mentoring through change. And what I would notice is that Work can be a bloody damaging, brutal place. It really can. It can eat you and spit you out. And that's not always pleasant to go through. And we are people, you know, we can't forget that. And so what I used to always say to people is, no one else wants to hire your crap baggage that you're taking from one company and putting on someone else's doorstep. And also, you don't need that baggage, so let's process it. So I have given this strategy out to thousands and thousands of people. And since really honing on being the mentor piece, I've really refined it and built it into what I like to call a ceremony. Because I think we've lost the art of ceremony and rituals, especially in the world of work. Mm -hmm. It's where we don't delineate anything or feel change or growth because everything's quite a constant and everything's about the future, which, again, can be an exhausting place to be. But if you've had a situation at work where... It's had an impact on you that is pretty profound, pretty negative. It's evoked emotions that are not healthy, that aren't serving you. And perhaps if we're really honest, are a little bit out or, or wildly out of your control. So it's when you start to think about a person or a situation on the bus yeah. or you're meant to be watching your kids play. Yeah, and really it keeps in, you awake at night. Really in your head, yeah. you're telling them all the things that you wish you'd done differently and you're swearing at them profusely. And then you're thinking, how do I, how do I get out of this? <laughs> you know, that's, that's damaging. Yeah. And also it's not helping. I, I get it from my daughter. She goes, Daddy, you're muttering again. Yeah. I'm uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And I think also holding attention in the current world, is that's a whole other podcast series. Yeah. <laughs> how do you do that? So what I did is I designed a process which I think is extremely effective at getting rid of the shit to use technical language and really helping you to reframe and refocus on what will take what you can take forward that's going to work rather than what you have to cope with that isn't and in essence what this is is that you you write letters funnily enough and you write really 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 honest letters utterly unprofessional. I mean, you normally use this in the world of work as I deliver it, but you can use this technique actually to overcome any hurt and trauma that you've had in a relationship. Because let's also be honest, work is all about relationships. And, and actually the biggest relationship at work is the one you have with yourself. And that's often the one that's the most challenging and can be the most bruised uh, and the one that's not loved. So you write a letter and actually you can write a letter to yourself in this situation as well. If you're very angry with yourself and you just need to get over it, then by actually doing this technique, you can achieve that. So you write your letter. You are beautifully um, real and colourful and saying whatever your inner toddler, your inner teenager would want to say. Total. (laughs) It's honesty, Adam. Yes. It's no matter what... It's just unfiltered. Unfiltered. You haven't got to justify it. You haven't got to seek another person's perspective. You haven't got to be a grown-up, a professional. You're just being utterly honest on how you actually at the end of the day, feel about something that hasn't been a pleasant experience. And then what you do is you take this letter and look in a mirror 
and you read it out. But before you do that, you visualise the person looking back at you. Because here's the beauty. Your brain doesn't know the difference between fact and fantasy. It just doesn't. I mean, again, how many fantasy conversations have you had that have been as real to you as if you'd had them in the real world? Oh, loads. Totally. Your brain also doesn't get time. It can't really distinguish between past, present or future. Again, you know, think about something old. It hurts you as much as it did in the time. Uh, Absolutely. Something that may never happen, you're worrying about as if it's utterly happened. (laughs) (laughs) So none of it makes sense. But this is, we, we can use this to our advantage in this exercise because your brain doesn't actually know that person isn't really stood in front of you. But you look them in the eye. It's so important. Eye to eye. And you hold your letter and you read out your letter to the person. And what's interesting, and if you're doing it correctly, and you're being really honest and embracing this process, is that you will feel emotion come. So I had a certain business situation that wasn't pleasant, didn't work out, and was bloody awful to be honest so again my beauty of change is I've gone through a lot of it myself so I understand and I've got experience to draw on but I visualized this person in front of me and I read my letter out and I had to put the letter down I had to go to my bedroom and I had to lay on my bed like a toddler in a supermarket and beat the shit out of my bed and had the most amazing amazing tantrum on the bed because I was so raged (laughs) at myself at the person at the situation And also the fact I couldn't control it, couldn't influence it anymore. Um, But I had to let the anger out. And and that physical release was very cathartic. And then I cried a lot because I was actually really hurt. And that's that's fine. It was, it's, you know, humans are humans. So I did that and I, I, I allowed, rather than depressing, rather than holding it in, which is when emotion really hurts you, when it's not being acknowledged, it's not being dealt with, you try and bury it deeply, it will come and bite you at some point. It'll leak at the moment you really don't want it to. Often after wine, I find. (laughs) (laughs) Gin. Yeah, yeah. Whatever your tipple is. Um, And that's dangerous. And also that's stressful because you know it's going to come out like a gremlin. And shit, what do you do then if you're not able to cope with it? This exercise, although it sounds quite simplistic, it's very effective at taking that fear factor away because you are open to your emotions. You are actually feeling them and you are expressing them. And funnily enough, once emotion has been expressed and acknowledged and shared... It has less power over you. And then what I think is really powerful to then deal with the fact you've let all this negativity out is then you destroy the letter. You are cleansing it. But again, by destroying the letter, you're not hiding it, you're not burying it, you're uh, releasing it. You're taking control of that situation and you're actually saying, you know what, you can go now, you're done. What's so important is that you don't do something where you'll see it the next day. So you scrunch it up, don't put it in a bin where you go, ha ha, I never left. Um, Often it's quite nice in a very safe manner, go in the garden, burn it and turn it into the soil. You know, it's done. But that physical action of owning it and and actually getting rid of it is very, very powerful. And then what you do is you get naked and you put your clothes in the washing machine and you switch it on and you go and have a shower and you wash yourself. Like I say, it's a ritual. It's a cleansing ritual because you have let negative, hard, difficult emotion out and actually cleaning yourself of that is a powerful thing. And then you do something that's just nourishing for the soul. It might be something very simple. It might just something that you enjoy that's easy. Because if you're very bruised, this will be quite a big experience to go through. And then you forget it. And on another day, not too far in the future, maybe a couple of days breather between the two, 
you reverse the process. And what you do is you write letters again, might be to multiple people. If it's been a company that you've got a grievance with, whether right or wrong, that's not important here. Write it to that brand or to that business and, and maybe certain characters within that business. What you do is you write down everything you've gained, all the knowledge, all the strength, all the wisdom, all the lessons, although a bit scarring to have learned, you can use and you're going to get a lot of value out of them in life and in work. And you write those all out and you keep going until it's done. So interesting, I had one client who did this and had a particular challenge with somebody on, on the uh, board who said, I couldn't find one thing about them to write something. <laughs> not one and then I challenged him in a session I said I think you can and and we managed to come up with some so this will not always be an easy process but that's okay there'll always be something something positive you can take no matter how difficult the situation and then you again visualize that person you look them in the eye and you read the letter out to them and you thank them you thank them and say do you know what without that I wouldn't have got this and I wouldn't have that and and then what you do, again, some of you listening to this will find this, you know, this language difficult, but you hug it. You literally, you physically embrace it because then you're accepting it. And then what you do is you keep that letter somewhere safe. Where Whenever you want to refocus on what you've gained from a difficult experience, you go back to the benefits. But what will be interesting, if you do it properly and you really commit to this, and obviously do it in a safe space um, with no children or animals around, <laughs> You you have really shrunk and diminished the pain mm. because you've dealt with it and it has gone. So when you're going forward in life, in building a new company, working with a new senior team, going getting a new job, whatever it is, you will take the positives forward that will propel you rather than having to manage the baggage that's going to get you down. So that is the letter strategy. And I've got, I've got to say, you know, it, it was phenomenally effective for me very quickly as well yes it really works and yeah. I've had a lot of people well I've, I've been teaching this for 20 plus years now but I've had people who've been super cynical and I always love a cynic I, I, I was a bit cynical um, <laughs> yeah yeah and that's uh, good yeah, there's I mean, nothing the, wrong the, with that. the process of going through it I understood that but the, the, the sort of the ceremony was the thing that I was cynical about but yeah. actually that, that is the point that is the thing yeah. yeah it's putting it into a ceremony so you are focused on it you're owning it and it's not owning you anymore and that's, I think, the fundamental shift. Well, whilst I appreciate that the um, that your, your practice is going to be very bespoke to the individuals that you're working with, is there anything generally that you could advise people who might be thinking about starting off and journey on their own? Um, yes, I think something that is really important to understand, and it's something I got wrong in my first ever business venture, so I, I talk from experience, is you need to be clear on is your energy and your motivation a towards or an away from? So if your motivation is away from something, uh, so for me it was around away, away from the fact I couldn't seem to get the job I wanted so I would just set up in something I knew. It was away from the fear of being pigeonholed or it was away from the fear of being in a, an environment that was too corporate for me. Um, so it was also an away, away from impatience of just wanting to get on with something. So I actually created, when I created my first business, a business that I didn't even really want. I created it because no one could give me the job I wanted, but I didn't actually really commit to that being the course I wanted to go for. Does that make sense? Whereas the change mentoring practice, I absolutely love that. I'm growing all the time. Boy, did I move towards it. But I had to stop and really think about what do I want and why? And, and what's my motivation for doing it? And is it going to be the right vehicle for getting me where I want to go? Be prepared for a ride. 
like seriously be prepared for there to be days where you are higher than a kite having the best time of your life and there's days when you are in the pit of doom often on the same day you know it can be it can be incredibly unpredictable emotionally being out on your own as as a business owner and and there's another thing i think you don't often get prepared for as a business owner it can be really really boring really boring when you are having to do the it or the whatever a commercial yeah, HMRC staff. Oh, oh my, my god, god that's GDPR hell. when that hit, that was joyful. Yeah. Um, so there's going to be stuff that you're naturally not going to love, and get to outsource it as fast as you can. You know, so again, if your business is in the place to be able to outsource, outsource quickly, um, because that's going to help you to fly faster. But just know that it is an emotional roller coaster, and be the, the last piece I'll say on that one is also be very aware in the lens that you hold because this also applies to people in big organisations, in in long-term careers, the lens that you're going to see your world through is utterly going to influence how you experience your world. So if if you've got that away from energy that I talked about before, where there's threat and danger in your world that you're wanting to escape from, you're constantly looking for reasons why that's going to get you maybe one day, or the imposter syndrome. You're looking for reasons why people don't believe in you and all the things you could have done better, all the things you did wrong, and that becomes your driver. So the lens becomes one of, I've got to work really hard for it. Because um, only if I work hard for it, will it, will it be meaningful? Uh, whereas if your lens is one of positivity, it's not about, you know, all doves are flying out and leave my door in the morning. <laughs> but if you look, whatever your lens is, your inner belief is that you set about the business you're creating or the role that you're in, that will be your reality that you seek. Reassurance is real every day. Thank you for coming in here um, and, and talking to me and us however many us may be. You're also talking to people on something else, aren't you? I am. How's that going? It's going great. Well, the first series of my own podcast, so it's it's so lovely to be on the other side. So thanks (laughs) for having me as a guest. My own podcast is called Leadership Series and we have got season one in the bag. So please go to wherever you get your podcasts and look for the Leadership Series, Sally Henderson, where I was lucky enough to just sit down with incredible business leaders and owners and founders to have honest conversations about leadership, growth and change and what their personal stories had been to being in, again, these roles where everyone's assuming, look at who you are, look at what you've done, not what you do. And they were just incredibly gracious with their time and their honesty and sharing some of their lessons. Um, you know, we had the CEO of the Marketing Society, Gemma Greaves. We had Amelia Turoad, who set up the Formbreak Collective. Uh, Claire Gambardella, who is the Chief um, Experience Officer of um, Zopa. Uh, you know, really diverse, different people. Um, Phil Burgess, who's the chief people officer for C-Space, just talking about experience in business, in life, in leadership and lessons and growth. And, and it was just incredible. Really great. Real pleasure. I really loved that. Thank you very much for taking time to come and talk to us. Oh, it's been a thrill. So thanks for having me. To hear more, subscribe to the show. And why not leave us a nice review while you're there? as it helps others find us. Let's Do the Right Thing was devised and presented by Adam Hopkinson and was a Maple Street Creative production. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.